You are listening to the Let Them Testify podcast with your girl, Layla. So what are you waiting for? Let's testify. Hey guys, and welcome back to season two. Um, I can't believe we are already on season two. I hope you guys enjoyed last season. Um, I've been really loving the feedback and the things that you've shared and the stories that have come back. It's been so cool to see all of that come through. Um, so yeah, keep that up, uh, keep talking and that kind of thing. Uh, this, on this episode, I got to speak to, uh, Pastor Travis Menes all about, like, his journey in, from being a pastor's kid to becoming a pastor himself and, like, what that looked like and, um, just the importance of local church and how beneficial it is for the community when it is done well. Uh, so I hope you enjoy his story. I hope you, uh, learn some stuff and, yeah. Let's testify. Um, hey, Jeff, welcome to the podcast. Good to be here. Thanks for having us. Um, so, I guess we'll just start with a bit of your background. So, like where you were born, family life, that kind of thing. Okay. Um, <clears throat> I often tell people I was born in a very hot place, and uh, it was very hot because it was in a little town called Curry Curry. Now, uh, if you know the um, area around Curry Curry, you'll know that that's not too far from a place called uh, Avondale College, which is now Avondale University. Um, so yeah, so I was born when my father was um, studying uh, at Avondale College. Of course. So what was he studying? Well, actually, so the truth is coming out already. So uh, my dad was studying to become a church pastor. And so growing up, I was a, uh, what they call PK, a pastor's kid. Oh, fun. Hmm. Uh, so I guess growing up as a pastor's kid, what was that like for you? Oh, it was good. Uh, you had a lot of adventures. Um, and back in those days, you lived in a lot of houses mm-hmm. and you went to a lot of schools. Yep. So, so yeah, we left, um, uh, you know, I have very little memory of, um, of, of being at Avondale. I think we left when we were two. Uh, then we went down to Victoria uh, in, in Ballarat. And my sister was born when we were there. Uh, and then we went places like Warrigal. Um, and then uh, started primary school when we were in, in, in the Gippsland there in Warrigal. And then out back New South Wales, went to a place called Ungary. I know that place, yeah. You do know that place? I do, yeah. Well, there you go. So, so we were there for 10 months, uh, then headed to Broken Hill. And um, then from there, went to Canberra, finished primary school, Canberra, started high school um, uh, in, in Canberra, and then we shifted to, to Melbourne and uh, completed my high school years in Melbourne. So yeah, we shifted around a lot, made a lot of friends, saw a lot of the country, but uh, it was it was a good childhood. Yeah, it's good. That is a lot of houses and a lot of places in a very short amount of time. Yeah, well, <laughs> fun. Yeah, I can relate, not quite as much, but I can relate We mm-hmm. around a lot too. Um, I guess, so did you, because your dad was a pastor, did you automatically want to be one as well? So the story is that when I was little, I don't know, four, five, six, something something like that. So the story is that um, uh, one day I asked Dad what pastors did, and he told me, and I said, great, I'm going to be a pastor then. But then growing up, nah, that, wasn't, that really wasn't on the radar. It really wasn't on the radar. The things that kind of interest me more uh, was looking more at business side of things. Yeah. And um, yeah, heading, heading down that track, seeing how the wor- world worked. Um, if you look at my year 12 yearbook, 
um, which I, jumped out at me, I don't know, a number of years ago. I said, I wanted to be a marketing executive in a big company. <laughs> what was I thinking? <laughs> what was I thinking? So, so yeah, so um, an early stage where I said, yes, uh, pastor could be a life for me. But growing up, it was more looking at going into the business world. So that's, that's a very different industry to what you're in now in many ways. Uh, yeah, yes, uh, there it is, but uh, there, are also, there are also a lot of overlaps as well. Um, you know, the leadership um, uh, component, probably one of the big differences is in the business world, you are working with um, staff. In the church world, it's all volunteers. Yeah. yeah. Mo- most of the time it's volunteers and that has its, um, that can have a challenges at times, but it also can be extra rewarding yeah. Uh, yeah. because people are in it because they love it. Yeah, yeah, that's really cool. Um, so, what well, I guess, when did Jesus actually become real for you? Because, like, I know for me, growing up, like, I grew up in the church, but he didn't really become real for me until much later. Mm. Was he all? What, did you always have like a really good relationship with him, or when? Like, when did you make it your own, and what was that like? Yeah, so I guess um, growing up in a pastor's home. Uh, one of the uh, great things about it is that uh, you know I've always known about Jesus. He's always been there, and I've been very blessed in that way. You know, you sometimes hear testimonies of people who um, didn't grow up that environment, and they have these amazing, dramatic um, uh, conversion experiences. Uh, certainly, that wasn't with me, but I think I was very blessed to be able to grow up in that kind of household. Um, and in doing that, there I can't really point to a time when um you know this this was this was it um in in fact uh, in the end uh dad said hey i've just got to baptize you i'm sick of you coming to the front every time i do an appeal for baptism and, and little travis was always there and he was always there. all right so let's do studies and, and 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 let's do it but no um so it's uh, i've been blessed to grow up in that environment and uh, to have um yeah and just to to walk with jesus in that time yeah, that's um, that's really interesting. So, I guess you've kind of been walking with the Lord for a long time. Mm-hmm. Um, what like benefits has that given to you? Like, for someone who hasn't always been with the Lord, I can't actually really imagine what that's like. So, what what was that like? Um, so, I guess some of the benefits is um, uh, so. I want to say it keeps you on the straight and narrow, but that sounds a bit, doesn't quite sound right. I guess uh, I guess it's helped avoid some of the big pitfalls that, yeah. that you've seen, that I've seen others uh, go through. And um, now that's come across as very, man, I've never made a mistake. That's not the case in, in any way, shape or form. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I mean, it's good to know. And of course... Um, you know, you're always growing in the relationship. You're yeah. always growing in the relationship with Jesus. And, you know, um, when I was young and when I was baptised, you know, there's so much more that I've learned since then. Yeah. But that's yeah. how relationships work. Yeah. And, you know, sometimes you do things in the relationship, you know, oh, man, what happened here? Um, but, uh, um, yeah, so I don't know if that answered your question. Yeah, no, yeah. Um, I guess it, from what I understand you saying, it's like, it's not like you don't ever make mistakes. It's just like the you avoid like the big falls that other people 
well, like myself have made because I wasn't walking with him. So like it kind of, he kind of helps you through them with less damage, I guess. I think it helps you navigate life a lot, a lot better. There's yeah. a book in my library called The Divine Mentor. And um, that is really just a book that says, hey, get into the Bible, read the Bible. These guys in the Bible, they had, um, they, they went through and they learnt all these life, life, life lessons. And, and basically the premise is you can have wisdom beyond your years yeah. uh, if you, you know, if, if, you, if you read the Bible because you see all these people who have gone through with all these life experiences, yeah, you yeah. can see where they went right, you can see where they went wrong. And if you put those life experiences, uh, if, you, if you learn from their life experience, the author says, uh, you can have wisdom beyond your years. And I think, I think there is something to be said, something to be said for that. Yeah. And you think, you know, as a church where, uh, um, you know, as a Sabbath-keeping church, the Ten Commandments are in there. What are the Ten Commandments? There's a lot of don't do this, don't do that, don't do this. Well, really? Why? It's because God wants to protect us. He's yeah. given us these boundaries to protect us. Yeah. And then, of course, with the Sabbath, it's, um, hey, remember this special time to, to concentrate on important things like your relationship with others and your relationship with God. So I think... Yeah, you know, when you start crossing those boundaries, you start getting into, you can, you can find yourself in places where you you don't really want to end up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. absolutely. Um, so circling back to your, like, growing up, so you said that you wanted to be a pastor when you were really young, but you really kind of, like, steered away from that as you were older. Did you end up going to uni and becoming a pastor straight away, or, like, what was that journey like for you? So I uh, finished school, and after finishing school, I said, hey, let's take a gap year, earn some money. Uh, and that was nice to earn money. Um, and so, so yeah, when I, by the time I went to, uh, went to uni, uh, I went to Avondale College, which it was at the time, um, I went as a business student. As I said, I wanted to be a business student. And so, yeah, I went, I actually did, uh, started a double major, uh, majoring in accounting and computing. And uh, was 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 doing that. So, yeah, that was a three and a half year course. And looking at doing that three and a half year course, uh, I was probably about halfway through it, where I thought, you know what, I, I I'm wondering if this is really where I need to be. I'm wondering if this is really what what I wanted to do. Um, ironically, I saw being accountant or getting in the business world, spend a lot of time sitting behind the desk. Um, and sometimes in pastor work, you spend a lot of time in meetings and preparing and sitting behind the desk. But anyway, I thought, no, I just want to be out a bit more with the people. There wasn't really a, um, uh, a direct calling or a direct instance in where I said, no, this is, this is the way walkie in it, yeah. uh, if you know what I mean. So I didn't really have that, but just this overall impression just this, the, the Holy Spirit was just, hey, I think, and, and, and through that and through prayer and through, um, you know, talking with others, it was a decision that I think this is where I needed to go. Yeah. Now, so probably what you, you need to know is uh, by this stage, I was going out with a lovely lady. Her name was Nadelle. I ended up marrying her, but she made a promise that she was never going to marry a pastor. <laughs> so that put me in a little, bit, a little bit of a bind. The other bind that I had is uh, being there. I had signed up for a three and a half year course. I was about two years into it, finished about two years. Um, 
and uh, felt this calling to go and do something else. And man, what on earth do I do? Do I finish what I started? And then do I go and do a four-year course in theology? And so um, if I finish what I started, that would be, um, you know, three and a half years plus four years. <laughs> that's seven and a half years at Avondale. Um, I know that, uh, you know, the place is blessed, but that's an awful long time. That's <laughs> yeah. an awful long time yeah. to spend at Avondale. All the alternative was, no, let's put those two, two and a half years, let's just say that was a good experience. Let's just put that behind us and then let's jump into the four-year course and then maybe I could get out in six years uh, at, at Avondale. And that's, I mean, you can get, you can become a doctor with some of those, yeah. some of those timelines. Yeah. So I had a big decision to make. And again, praying and looking, looking after, um, you know, talking with people and just praying about it and feeling stronger and, no, this is really, it's really what I need to explore. It's really what I need to do. Um, I decided, you know what, I think I'm going to finish what I started. Yeah. And so I made that incredibly hard decision that I was going to complete my business degree in accounting and computing and then go over to a four-year course uh, in in theology so I resigned myself man I'm going to be here a long time but I think this is what I was going to do um, about six months after making that decision and reconciling things with my girlfriend so, you know, here's, here's what here's what here's what's happening um, I actually got a phone call from my dad and he was um, he was in a meeting, and, and one of those meetings, they said, hey, here's what Avondale College is, is looking at doing. They're saying they realise that they have a lot of people who come with um, either previous life experience or with previous degrees. And so they're saying if, if people come in with previous uh, degrees, for example, they're actually going to introduce a new course at Avondale called the Graduate Diploma in Theology. And with the Graduate Diploma in Theology, instead of being four years it's actually going to be two. Mm. And so to cut a long story short, because I felt led to finish what I started, mm. uh, it turned out that I wasn't at Avondale for seven and a half years. In fact, I wasn't even there for, for six years. I overloaded and did some other things, but um, after being there for, f for four years, the end of the three and a half, I graduated from business with accounting and computing, and then... The year later, I managed to graduate with, uh, with a graduate diploma in theology. And two weeks after that, I graduated from the matrimonial course and <laughs> walked down the aisle and, and got married. So I guess as I look back at my ministry, I've always felt that God has confirmed my calling through that. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Doing that course, there was only me and two others. We're the first, we were the first three through, through that course. Yeah. And... Um, it opened just at the right time. God opened the doors. And I, I had this sense that he wanted me, uh, that's the way he wanted me to go. And he wanted me to be out in local churches a lot earlier than anyone could ever imagine or perceive. Yeah, that's really cool. Mm. It's really cool to see like God's guidance in that. Not necessarily in like these big momentous kind of ways, but just like the steady every day, just, just, just obeying and doing what you think feel like you should be doing and then just watching him take over well for me it was pretty momentous because i was facing like i said a whole lot of time and yeah. extra money uh, a whole lot of time <laughs> extra money there 
Um, but uh, God opened just incredible doors, yeah. incredible doors. And again, me and two others, first one through that course, and it's now been running very successfully and, and, and things like that. Of course, you come out and you think, man, I've only done two years of theology. <laughs> Everyone else has done four. <laughs> I got so much to learn, yeah. so much to learn. Um, I just want to circle back to what you said about, um, like, your girlfriend at the time, how she said that she would never, like, she never wanted to marry a pastor. Was that really scary for you? Like, did you feel like you were putting, like, that relationship at risk too? Uh, certainly, I knew it was a conversation that I would need to handle very carefully. <laughs> um, and certainly, I'd heard her say that a number of times. Because here's the thing, she's a PK too. Yeah. She's a pastor's kid as well. So she knew what it was like. Um, and so it is It is something that, um, yeah, it's something that we needed to, to navigate um, fairly fairly deli- delicately. Um, having said that, uh, I knew her heart and now you talk to her and she says she wouldn't have it any, any other way. Yeah. She wouldn't have it any other way. Um, I suppose like it's really good that you, like you were both came from that, like you both kind of knew what you were getting into as pastors' kids before, mm-hmm. like you knew what the lifestyle was like. Mm-hmm. I guess like that would be a hand up. Like a, a lot of people who go into ministry, like for example, my dad wanted to go into ministry for a while, but he had no idea what it was like. Um, we still moved around a lot anyway, but yeah, like. My mum didn't know what that was like. They didn't really know what they were getting into. Um, so do you think, do you see your upbringing, like both of your upbringing as one of the things that helped in that conversation? Yeah, sure. Absolutely. Um, I, I guess we had seen, you know, we, we both knew, we were both in, in those kind of uh, those kind of uh, families. And so we, we had seen ministry is interesting. In ministry, you can have the highest highs and you also have the lowest lows. Yeah. And I guess, um, uh, I guess, you know, we had seen our, our our families deal with some of those, but yeah. Um, so so yes, in a short answer, yes, I think I think it did help. Yeah. Um, but I also think that yeah, in some ways, as time continues on, there have been some changes in, in the way that ministry has happened in the past. Uh, to to what happens today, but it's still that same sharing God with people, ministering yeah. to people, yeah. that kind of thing. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so you graduated from your business degree and your um, theology degree, and also the matrimony. Um, that was the most important one. Yep. <laughs> so, um, what happened for you from there? Like, what did you go straight into a church? Yeah. Yeah. So. Um, uh, so yeah, we um, I had a really good mate, and that mate the year, he graduated a year before me, and um, he was very much into AFL and Australian reptiles and all that type of thing. Still, still a great friend, and uh, he got a call to go to a place in New Zealand, New Zealand, Auckland, New Zealand, where there's no AFL football, <laughs> where there's no reptiles, where and he was abs like he. He was really struggling with that. He was really struggling with that. They called him to a great church, a great spot. And in the end, he went and uh, he just thrived, absolutely thrived in that environment. And 
uh, one of the smart, smartest pastors I know, actually, and just did a, just did a really good job. And so he had been there for a year. Mm-hmm. And then, um, uh, so we were coming towards the end of our studies. Uh, interestingly, my wife did business, accounting and computing. And uh, we got the phone call that said, uh, would you like to, or hey, you've, you've been called to come to Auckland, New Zealand. So uh, my wife is an associate uh, accountant at the conference office there, and myself as a, as a church pastor in, in two churches in Auckland. The interesting thing was, I'd only done two years of theology, <laughs> right? Yeah. So, <laughs> so uh, I said, hey, this, this is great, because in the, in the conversation they said, here's where you're going, here are the churches, and this is who your mentor will be. Excellent. <laughs> great. So about two weeks or maybe four weeks before the wedding, I rang and said, hey, um, uh, you know, about to get married, go on a honeymoon, and then here is my flight details. This is when I arrive in Auckland. I was talking to the conference president. This is when I arrive in Auckland. And uh, I said, oh, can you tell me when the, when's the senior pastor arriving? And he, over the phone, he says, well, you just told me. This is when your flight arrives. Oh, so my mentor, he's not that. No, no, you're it. <laughs> you're it. And so that was a, yeah, there are times when you need to really hang on to the Lord. And, yeah, um, yeah. and that was that was the first thing I did. And just to show you how old I am, the first thing I had to do was when I got out was learn how to put a satellite dish on a roof because they were running things called Net98 and all that kind of stuff. And so, so yeah, so uh, I guess my ministry journey, um, we spent uh, three years in uh, two Cook Island churches in Auckland, New Zealand, and then four years uh, at a church called Royal Oak uh, over there. Um, and then we were fruitful and multiplied, and then we came back to, uh, to Australia and um, spent, actually spent 11 years in Queensland at a, at a church there and uh, now have been here in South Australia at, at Morford Vale for the, for the rest of that time. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, it's nowhere near as much travel for you in your ministry as you, your dad experienced then. Um, yeah, and that has been a, a deliberate decision yeah. uh, on, on our part in many ways. Um, so we thought, hey, wouldn't it be great if we could get through uh, with our kids only going to two, two different schools? Yeah. And by the grace of God, we have been able, able to do that. And um, I, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm grateful. I'm grateful that we have been able to do that because even though we moved around a lot and it was a lifestyle that, that was good and enjoyed, yeah. I, think, yeah. I think there's something to say said about you know, putting down roots and, and things like that as well. So, so yeah. So being in ministry, um, we have we have managed to achieve achieve that goal, which um, which we are very grateful for because now our kids have tremendous tremendous friends. Yeah. Um, yeah. Have you found that that putting down roots, like you said before, has helped you, um, like form greater connections with your church? Yes. Like the churches that you've pastored. Yep. Yep. So the word tenure means ten years. Yeah, right. So that's that's basically that's basically what it means. And um, when you look at when you look at some of the, um, you, you can do things as a pastor um, when people know you and trust you a lot more than you than you couldn't when you just arrive. You can do things when you just arrive as well. Yeah. Um, but people know you and trust you and those who don't trust you, they've left ages ago. So. <laughs> <laughs> well, yes. But yeah. Um, but yeah, so I think 
Um, I, I, I'm very much of the opinion. One of the things that attracted me to this church where I currently are is I believe it holds the record of one of the longest serving pastors um, of uh, Adventist church mm-hmm. pastors of being in, in, in a single congregation. That was, that was attractive to me. Yeah. 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 I guess it was like, it's all, your job is very relational and mm. relationships are built over time. Just like you were saying with your relationship with, with the Lord, it's like something that you've built over time and you're always growing in that. So the longer that you're in one place, the deeper relationships you build. I can see that as being, like that makes sense to me as to why that mm-hmm. would be more effective. Um, so as a church pastor, did you always want to be like a church pastor? Because I know that there's like many different avenues in ministry. So when I was studying at Avondale, um, and yeah, originally I guess it was just exploring and think I think you know I want to be a church pastor. And the idea of oh man, preaching every week, I'd run out of things to say, <laughs> you know, all those kind of things. Um, but uh, every now and then we go on excursions and uh, from from college and get you know, down to Sydney. And I remember um, going uh, down and and hearing hearing a speaker, and it was just about church leadership. It was just about church leadership. And in fact, what he said, I later went back to Avondale and did my master's. And that's the opening quote that I've got in my master's. And let me read it to you. It basically says, why did God invest the leadership gift in you? In part, it was so that you could make a contribution towards leading and building one of these supernatural communities that would defy all of the sadness and hopelessness in the world, that will one day results, result in groups of fired up people, loving God, loving people, and solving problems and caring for the poor. Still this day, I'll continue to say it, there is nothing like the local church when the local church is working right. There's nothing like it. There's nothing like it. No, you're right. There is nothing like it. And so I counted the other day. I've been doing this for 25 years, and I've had opportunities to go outside the local church numerous times. But still, as I was just reading that, still there is something there that says there is nothing like the local church when it's working right. Yeah. When it's working right. And... um, I guess, you know, as, I, as I've shared part of my calling, I, I really see um, that as local church. Yeah. It's, it's, it's where it happens. It's where the rubber meets the road. It's where, you know, it's where you and I get to sit down and, and, and sort through things. And, uh, and, and it's, it's, where you, it's where you experience the lowest lows, but, man, the highest highs. Yeah. Um, so I've always had... Uh, a passion for the local church. And one of my favourite uh, Ellen White sayings is this, is enfeebled and defective as it may appear. The church is the one object upon which God bestows in a special sense his supreme regard. It is the theatre of his grace in which he delights to reveal his power to transform hearts. Yeah. Oh, sign me up. Where, yeah. where, where do I go? Yeah. Sign me up. This is, this is what I'll, it's, it's, it's been my, it's been my calling. It's been my passion. Um, and it's, it's, it's kept me going through hard times, but also, also the great times. Yeah. There's nothing like it when it's working right, when it's working well. Okay. So there's nothing like it when it's working well. What are your experience? Like, obviously you've experienced both sides of that. So when it's working well and then when it's not, what have, what has been, um, some of like the biggest struggles that you've had and like in 
when it's not working well and like how have you seen God come through in those situations? Yeah, I guess we look at what's happened in the last two and a half, three years around the world, the coronavirus. Um, I think what we have done in the past, so the churches are called to gather, uh, to gather, to discipleship, to send. Yeah. yeah. Um, And so that has been difficult. What does this look like when it's very hard to gather? And even, you know, as we're talking, my parents very much involved in their local church haven't been for quite a while because just because of the state things are in it in, yeah. in it present um, and so that's been uh, that that's been a difficult thing to try and negotiate and try and work out okay what does this what does this look like in this in this current current environment um, yeah and because it's very it, it's been hard to gather and it's been hard to gather around food and and, and things like that and um, yeah, I think many have have struggled with that, but hopefully, hopefully things are on on the improve. And uh, you know, <laughs> so as we're talking last week, the government where we are, uh, they had a, a limit. Um, well, let me back up even more. You know, this this virus hit, and uh, you know, churches were going, oh, okay, so we can't meet here. Excellent, we'll do small groups at home. Woohoo! But then the the extent of it meant that here uh, in, in Australia that was very hard to do. Yeah. And it was just last week where we are, uh, the government, the local government here said, hey, instead of having ten people in your home, you can now have fifty. So from midnight certain nights, so I said to my wife, hey, we should invite forty six of our closest <laughs> friends and us and our family at midnight just to come around and just say, yes, we can put this back on the agenda. So certainly that that's been that's been a bit of a challenge as we've tried to. Uh, navigate that and um, but I think you, you've, you can see that everywhere but in saying that we still know uh, you know I just read you the Ellen White quote there but before she says that she says there's not one cloud that is that has come on the that has come over that that he he hasn't known about yeah God yeah. God knows this he's he's in control yeah have you seen him like come through in any like really tangible ways throughout this whole time like, have you seen, like, people come to him in ways that you didn't think that they would otherwise? Are uh, you talking about the last two and a half years? Yeah, or? yeah. Um, yeah, so certainly when it all started happening, I had a couple of people in here, just what is going on? Can you show me, you know, what does the Bible say about this? There was a lot of anxiety. Um, there was a lot of uh, things happening on uh, there. And uh, the person who was here... Um, his his grandma, for example, has been praying for years that God would open doors, and she was just over the moon when she discovered that he was asking those kind of questions and and yeah. getting into the Bible and, and and that kind of stuff. So there has there has been an element of of, of that there. Yeah. 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 That's, that's really cool. Um, okay. So on the flip side, what are some of like the best times that you've seen or experienced as a church pastor? Um, yeah, I guess um, some of the best times are obviously when people make that decision and say, "Hey, I'm I'm going to follow follow Jesus." And um, you know, I guess that's why I appreciate what you're doing here is just sharing people's stories. Yeah. And whenever we do a baptism here, I don't I don't care how, but I just want to hear just want to hear your story. Yeah. Um, and maybe some people shy away a bit from that, <laughs> but there's nothing more powerful than than, than sharing sharing stories, and um, and certainly that is that is very cool. And 
I think not only that, sharing their own story, but having, particularly when you can have people who have studied with them, standing yeah. with you or, or, or with them or in the font with you or, or whatever, there's just nothing like that. Yeah. Yeah. It's just, so as I said, said before, this is a theatre of his grace where God, you know, he delights to reveal his power to transform hearts. And um, I and indeed all Christians, we get to have a front row seat yeah. in that yeah. uh in 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 the local church when we see that uh when we see that happening yeah i love what you're saying about like when people are standing up there with them who have journeyed with them like i love watching that kind of stuff like it's just so powerful to see and like i've had the blessing of being able to be on that journey with people and stand up there as they commit their lives to god and like people that i never thought would like that like i'd kind of been like yeah they'll never come to this like and that's fine kind of thing but like god just works in just some like really crazy ways and just been like i i really resonate with what you're saying like that is really really powerful yeah and and certainly when i think back to the time that you did it it, it was powerful to see uh to see you there and you know your extended family there as well yeah. and that is a powerful story yeah yeah it is um okay so we touched on this a little bit before, um, but I just want to circle back to it. So you've done like your business degree and you've also done the theology stuff. How has your business degree helped in your ministry? Has it been like a really handy tool to have in your tool belt? Um, uh, yes, I think so. Um, because of my story, I never, uh, I was going to say, I never actually put that into action but that's probably quite wrong so what i'm trying to say is i went direct from studying business to direct to yeah. studying theology yeah. um so i didn't really get out and do business in the in the business world or whatever yeah. but um, remember what i said before there's nothing like the local church when the local church is working right yeah there's a lot of things that and a lot of crossover between i guess the business world and because um, at the end of the day, you know, we're running organisations and and, and yeah. leading all, all of that. So so yes, there's a there's a lot there there is a lot of overlap, um, and uh, you know I can understand budgets and things like that. So I'm sure that's that that's helpful. But um, I guess it's more the leadership stuff that comes through that that that, that you've looked at or that that we've studied that that has helped in that area as well. So yeah, I, I do see there there is a lot of overlap. Um, Interestingly, uh, you know, uh, heard a talk once uh, when discipleship and business practi- practices collide, discipleship wins out every time. Yeah. Of course it does. Yeah. 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 Um, okay, so what is your favourite part about being a pastor? Like, what's the... I know you've probably touched on this a little bit before, but, like, what's that one thing that, like, just... Like really excited, she was like, "This is why I'm here." Um, so let me share an experience that happened first couple of years that I was here at this church. Um, we had a a church um, a church family, and uh, she was um, uh, her her husband was not an Adventist, um, but he'd been coming across across uh, coming along uh, quite a bit, and so you know you just say, "Hey." You know, I, I know you've been coming along and, you, and you're here, and and maybe we should do something about this. And so then, you know, the, the studies happen, um, and then you have the privilege of of, of baptizing them, 
Um, but it's so exciting to see what happens after that because after, after that had happened, they actually started up their own small group and started to lead others towards Jesus and you know, became more involved in the church, became an elder in the church and, and, and things like that. So for me, it's really when people grab a vision of what they want God, want, what they want God to do. I never see my job as to doing all the ministry. I just can't. Yeah, yeah. My role is to make sure that ministry happens yeah. and to see people catch that vision and actually um, actually be a part of it is, is just super exciting. My most um, successful years of, of ministry is when others do the Bible studies. Yeah. Of course it is. Yeah. It, it's just logical and you're just trying to encourage that uh, everywhere you can. And, and of course, as we shared before, those testimonies are very, are very powerful. Yeah, mm. yeah. That's really cool. Yeah, that's really powerful. Thank you. Yeah, thanks for sharing. Thank you for having me. Thank you so much for being on the podcast with me today, Travis. It was great to chat with you and hear a bit of your story and just how God's led in your life. Um, if anyone has any questions about anything that was on the podcast today, feel free to message us and join our community on Instagram. It is let them testify or one word. Um, yeah, send us a message, come say hi, we'd love to hear from you. Um, yeah, I'm really looking forward to season two, I hope you guys are too. Um, huh, uh, <laughs> sorry. Anyway, thanks for listening and come back next time to hear us testify. Bye guys.